Hello and welcome to the iPath Podcast. This is the home of current and future auto damage appraisers, adjusters, and companies. Whether you're currently in the industry or interested in what it takes, thank you for being here. I am your host and your guide, Chris Stanley. Do you hear that? That's wind. Okay, because today's podcast is being recorded live. Well, live for me, I guess. It's being recorded from... Oh, just hit the mic. Being recorded from West Palm Beach, Florida. So, that's one of the perks of uh, running your own company, being a hail adjuster, and traveling the country uh, in the off-season, is you can be where you want to be. I don't know how many of you have ever experienced that in your life, but sometimes I don't stop and sit and think about it long enough and don't take advantage of it enough. So instead of sitting on my boat recording in my little navigation station, I decided to record from the beach area. I'm at a picnic table, and maybe I'll include a photo of it in the show notes. But I'm pretty excited about today's episode 31. I'm going to be talking about why an us-versus-them mentality will kill your career. So many times, especially as independent adjusters and as human beings in general, we look at everybody with suspicion. We look at everybody like it's it's all about me winning and nothing about anybody else winning. Everybody's out to get me, and I'm the only one trying to do the right thing. Well, I can tell you that if you come at this um, opportunity of being an independent adjuster, of being a hail adjuster, being an auto damage appraiser, and look at it as a us versus them, it has it will kill your career it really will and i want to show you why and with the different groups how it will but before we get into that i got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by livegenic i love alex and his team over at livegenic they have given me some of the best tools for video collaboration on the planet this is your total documentation package for real time video collaboration for insurance. Guys, if you haven't checked it, checked it out, go over to iapath.com slash livegenic. It's what I use to train people in uh, taking photos and what I use to see what the customer sees right from somebody's smartphone. It's amazing. iapath.com slash livegenic. Check out the free trial there. Okay, so episode 31, the meat of why us versus them, the us versus them mentality will kill your career. And I'm going to start real simply. If you imagine um, you're going out and inspecting the vehicle at an owner's residence and you're eyeing them with suspicion and you're believing that that owner is trying to sabotage your career, sabotage your inspection, that they're out to get you, can you just kind of imagine how that's going to blow up in your face? I mean, they probably will be out to get you. Because if they think that you're there not giving your best, if they think that you're out to get them, then that's what's going to trigger that response. And that goes for any group of people. But you can imagine as an owner uh, of a vehicle that's been damaged, the insurance company representative, is that's what you are, is coming up suspiciously, looking at them, acting like you can't be trusted. Well, then they're going to think they can't trust you. So it's going to be really hard to earn trust with that owner, earn respect, and have a great, great uh, inspection conversation and uh, rapport with that owner. So you're probably hearing that breeze. Yeah, it's it's nice. You know, I, I'm not even sure what the temperature is right now. Let me look 
real quick for you. 73 degrees. A little chilly. A little chilly at 73. I know everybody's been stuck in snow and everything, and I'm sitting here saying it's chilly at 73. But if you come at an owner with suspicion and it's a us versus them mentality, you're going to lose because if the owner is happy with you, if the owner trusts you, you're going to have a better and more enjoyable inspection conversation. You're going to get more critical information and be able to connect it with them on a level that makes sure your estimate is the most accurate it can be. And on a cat line, your time's so limited, you have got to connect with that owner, earn their trust, see what they've already seen, have them pointed out to you. And if they feel like you're on their side, they're going to let you do your job and give you space. If they think you're not going to try to cover what needs to be covered, they're going to be all over you trying to point out every single thing uh, that you might miss because they know you're out to get them. So, so don't bring about that us versus them mentality. And if you have a happy owner, they're going to you're going to know you gave good customer service, and that's going to get back to the insurance company. That's going to get back to the appraiser company. Maybe not every single claim individually, but as a whole, people know when you're doing your job right and when you're not. So try to make a happy owner. If you don't make a happy owner, guess what? On a cat line, you know, on a on a hail a catastrophe, you're going to be leaving the line early. It only takes one general on a USA line or one colonel, lieutenant colonel, to get you kicked off a line if they call and say, this guy's treating me wrong. He, he accused me of stealing. He accused me of making up damage. Uh, he wasn't listening to me. You know, He cussed. Whatever they can come up with, whether true or not, doesn't matter because if you make somebody unhappy on a cat line, you could potentially be leaving later that day. So let's talk about it from an insurance company standpoint. I'm sure you can think of a hundred reasons why an insurance company being on your side versus an us versus them would be a pro uh, versus a con. You imagine these billion-dollar companies against you? (laughs) I hope not. I really hope not. I hope we're in this together. I hope we bring customer service and satisfaction. Uh, We look at it in the same light. I really don't want to be in an us versus them scenario. So if they're happy with you, they're going to not only hire your company, again, that you're representing, uh, but they're probably going to ask for you. I've had that happen a few times, but uh, I have heard of people being asked to leave as well. I heard of a gentleman ran a name by somebody, hey, what do you think of this person? And they said, love him, but he got asked to leave uh, last year off of a cat line. And I'm like, really? Why? He wouldn't accommodate the insurance company. They came by, asked him to change the way he was doing some things, and he said it wasn't the right way. Listen, I can tell you, if you're on a catastrophe line, if you're getting instructions uh, as an independent appraiser from an insurance company to change the way you do things, if it's not ethically wrong, then by all means accommodate them. I had one particular insurance company ask me to do something ethically wrong. I replaced a fender, infrastructure damaged. I mean, it was it needed, it was bad, and they're like, "No, just put two hours on it. No infrastructure damage, no replacement of the fender. Change that two hours." I said, "If you want me to change that to two hours, you're going to have to do it yourself." And they said, "If you don't do this, you're going to lose our work." And I said, "Okay," and I lost their work. Uh, I won't say what uh, the name of the insurance company was, but it was not a big time company; it was a smaller player. Um, but you know, if you're asked to do something unethical, stand up for yourself. You know, but hey, if it's within the realm of reason. Um, even if you don't get it totally, even if you don't think it's exactly the right call, don't be stubborn. You know, take the hit, swallow the pride, and um, and do what they're asking you to do because ultimately they're paying you. And so, even if someone pays me to do something unethical, I'm not going to do it. You know, um, but that's just take that into consideration. 
you know, but then the opposite end of the spectrum is that they asked for the A team or team passport in our case. Uh, we were asked for a few times, and uh, people were like, you know, who ran that store? We want them again. That's where you want to be. You know, that guy Chris or that guy Cody or that guy um, Mark, whoever the case may be, that guy was awesome. He was amazing, and his interactions with me were positive, and the, ins- the interactions with the insured was professional. That's who we want to represent us, P- him and people like us, him and people like him. So then all of a sudden, you're bumped to the front of the roster from there on out because uh, you gave great customer service, and you uh, represented the insurance company with professionalism. And if you don't, you're going to be asked to leave. Um And I had this one story. I won't get into too much detail. I may have told it on here or not, but there was an inappropriate photo on a dashboard of a vehicle. And, you know, we're required to get the mileage photo. And, you know, mine and a few other people's advice was let's just not take the mileage photo. Let's just leave it alone. Uh, Let's not upload it to the insurance company. Someone might get offended. Well, somebody decided to go ahead and do it. And uh, they didn't get asked to leave, but it was threatened. And, um, you know, because people just don't want inappropriate things uh, uploaded through the insurance company portals and could make somebody embarrassed and offend others. So, you know what? If uh, if you don't sue the insurance company, that was an inside insurance adjuster who was offended by that photo. If you don't take care of the insurance company, not only they're insured, but the insurance company themselves and their people, uh, you might get asked to leave. So the shop, you're working with the shop. Can you imagine the shop deals with the customers and the cars that you look at for a year more after you're gone. So if you don't take care of those customers, if you don't write solid estimates, if you don't do some of those things appropriately, they're going to deal with your mess for a potentially a year or more. This is important to not only do things the right way in the most accurate way, but to also get on the good side of the shop you're working with. Um, if they like you, they're going to be a lot more lenient if things do go wrong on your estimates. And um, they're, if you get them more work and help them land vehicles and they're good repairs and you wrote the estimate accurately, that's giving them more work. They're going to want to give you more work in return. So I encourage you, make sure you don't come at the body shop with a S, us versus them mentality. Sometimes, you know, we do have to have hard conversations of, well, no, we're not writing this, or yes, we're writing this, and this is why, and whatever. But you can come at that in a professional manner, and you can come at it as a friend and explanation versus uh, me versus you or us versus them. You'll kill your career, guys. Trust me, trust me, trust me. So the big tip is if you want the shop to really like you, to write those estimates accurately, to not set the owner up with false expectations, to give them an accurate count on how long it's going to take to repair their vehicle or none at all. You know, you don't want to set yourself up for uh, failure or them for failure by giving them a wrong expectation. Don't scare the owner of a vehicle in a, a hail sense in a hail scenario uh, by scaring them away from painting the vehicle this is why paintless dent repair is so good and then guess what paint pulls off a roof rail or something and all of a sudden the shops haven't explained why they got to paint their vehicle and you told the owner it was so bad for them they never wanted to be done to their vehicle and now the shop has an upset customer the insurance company has an upset customer on their hands so let's go through before we move forward and kind of cover those tips so that tip with the shop write an accurate estimate set right expectations the insurance company here's a tip just treat everybody like you would want to be treated treat their insured like it's your customer because ultimately it is so that's how you stay on the insurance company good side 
and then um, and just be fair, simply be fair. And with the owner, treat them with respect. They may not understand everything or know everything that you do, uh, but that doesn't mean they don't deserve our respect. They deserve our respect. They deserve our time. They deserve our attention, and they deserve our best. And if you don't give them those things, they're going to let you know because they will know if you're not giving uh, your best. So, okay, moving on. Number four, the PDR company. Why in the world would you not want to approach a PDR company with the us versus them mentality? Well, I can tell you, as a former regional of a paintless debt repair company, uh, don't do it. <laughs> don't come at the PDR company uh, as uh, us versus them. Sometimes you, you have to have a hard conversation with a PDR technician. Maybe, maybe it's for your own company that you're. If you're working with the paintless dip repair company, maybe uh, it's uh, for another paintless dip repair company or for one that's in the shop and you're the uh, estimator uh, for the, the catastrophe company and you're having to work with them. But the reason you don't want that is that they like you. One, they might hire you. Okay, look at me. That's where I've been for the last five years. Um, so maybe maybe they'll want to hire you. You know, have a good attitude. Show them you know what you're talking about, but don't treat them like they're scoundrels or like they're trying to cheat you. Although I have seen some that are trying to, but don't treat everybody like that. It's not an us versus them. It's a let's talk about this. Let's understand each other's needs and obstacles that we're up against, and then maybe we can find a solution. I can't tell you how many times as a as a manager of a PDR company, talk with a technician and they would be hellbent that there's 52 quarters or, you know, that these are quarters, not nickels, or half dollars, not nickels or quarters. And they're just trying to convince me of the wrong thing. And I'm like, we can't prove that there's that many dents, or we can't prove that these are quarters and not nickels or half dollars instead of quarters. But listen, you know what? I think this is an oversized dent right here. And I think this is an oversized day. Oh, and we forgot the 25% on the aluminum. Is that getting you the $250 you needed? And he's like, yeah. Like, man, why are we fighting over whether these are nickels or quarters? The money was there to support the panel. We were just looking at it backwards. So once we understood each other's needs, understood each other's obstacles, and understood what damage was actually on the panel and looked at it together, uh, we were able to come to a conclusion that was both honest, fair, and took care of both of us and covered both our butts. So uh, that's huge. So work with the PDR technician. Don't treat it like an us versus them. But let me tell you, if they don't ask, if they don't like you, not only are they not going to ask for you, but they're going to beg that they uh, that the insurance company or the appraisal company will have you pack your bags and leave, and they're going to talk bad about you behind your back. You do not want to get on the PDR technician's bad side. Um, you don't necessarily want to be on his good side all the time, but you, you don't want to treat them like they don't know what they're doing because they probably know what they're doing as much as you do. They just might have some different motives. So treat them with respect. Uh, you'll earn their respect, and you're going to have a lot better time at the shop and with the different companies. So here's a tip for staying on the PDR company's good side. Write good sheets, number one. If that roof is PDR on your sheet and on your estimate, it better be able to be PDR'd. Otherwise, it's coming in and it's causing a world to hurt. Um, PDR is PDR, you know. Make sure uh, when you call it that, that's what it is. And remember your markups and uh, count your oversizes. The biggest thing that I see missed by us hail adjusters, myself included, is missing the 25% extended roof markup. missing the 25% aluminum and high strength steel markup on panels. If it's aluminum or high strength steel, 
25% markup and missing the 25% markup on roof rails. Those things are huge. That's 25% of the estimate potentially and uh, oversizes. Many times we just get lazy. We count 52 dents and we run. Well, we don't even notice that there's three or four oversizes and that's $150, $200 on a $400 panel. That that's another thirty percent. So if there was a twenty five percent markup missed on a four hundred dollar panel, bam, that's a hundred bucks. Then you miss four oversizes, that's another two hundred bucks. You miss three hundred out of four hundred, uh, three hundred dollars on top of the four hundred you gave them. That should have been seven hundred dollars. You'd cut them out of three hundred dollars. That's how you stay on a PDR company's good side is you get the stuff that's there. So I have this story of a. Uh, a technician who worked under me, and uh, he wasn't an estimator, but he was estimating his own vehicles. Went out, checked up on them. It was near the end of my time with the company, and uh, just uh, talking with him and looking at his estimate, he was, the vehicle he's working on, and it was like $2,500 worth of damage, but the thing was beat. So I said, come over here. Let's go through this and estimate this together. I've never estimated with you. And sure enough, we went through that thing, and I estimated and he had missed half the damage because of the oversize. He didn't understand about the extended roof markup. Oh, man, he should have made $5,000 on that car. Instead, he made only 2500 because he estimated improperly. So that's what a good estimate does for a PDR technician. It makes them money. It makes the company's money. And uh, it makes them do a better job because uh, there's more money on the line. Uh, so, yeah, do it right. Don't miss those things. Okay, so appraisal company. Obviously, you want them on your side because they're the ones hiring you. If they like you, they're going to give you more work. And the more work you have, the more money they make and the happier they are. So this is a cycle here. You want to be the guy they call because you're going to keep making them money. It's like printing money to them if they can put you to work. So, But if you cause them headaches, they're going to take an aspirin and they're going to send that headache packing. And that headache that they're packing maybe named Chris or maybe named Joe. So don't be that guy. Try to solve problems, not create problems. That's the tip. Make people happy. Try hard. Okay, that is how you keep an appraisal company happy. And lastly, other adjusters. Become friends with the other adjusters. I'm not saying drinking buddies. I'm not saying best friends at each other's weddings. I'm saying become friends. Treat people with respect. If they like you, they're not going to try to get you moved out. They're not going to want to talk bad about you behind your back. And um, you they're going to talk good about you. They're going to talk you up to the appraisal company. They're going to request to work with you in the future. Maybe they call you later and offer you a job somewhere else or get you hooked up with another deployment. I was talking to the Hale Score students today, and I was telling them that, man, most of the work that we get as adjusters is from referrals from other people. It's all about who you know and who you're networking with. So these adjusters, they work for other companies. So get in with them, treat them with respect, be honest and true to them, and um, because if they don't like you, they're going to complain about you, they're going to ask to not work with you, and they're going to expose your mistakes every chance they get. And to boot, they're not going to call you when someone needs another adjuster. They're just going to say, I don't know anybody else. They're just going to leave you out of it. So the tip to working with other adjusters is to work hard, treat them with respect. So let's let's reverse this a little bit to make it sound cooler. Let's treat people with respect. Let's work hard and try even harder Okay, on the cat line with them and take ownership. You know, if you run into this, isn't just apply to the cat line. If you run into another adjuster out in the field as an independent appraiser, 
get to know him. You don't know who he could hook you up with. You don't know what other companies he knows that he doesn't want to cover your whole coverage area for. So when you meet another adjuster or auto damage appraiser, you know, make a connection. You know, respect them. And then take ownership when you make mistakes. Take ownership of your work. Take pride in your work to do it the best of your ability. And when you screw up, you admit it. You take it and you fix the problem if it can be fixed. You can hear the wind really whipping up. So, um, But I really want you guys to know that your path may be completely different than my path. You may uh, not want to be on a sailboat or on West uh palm beach not sure why but may not be maybe up in the mountains colorado springs or something like that but you know no matter what you need to walk that path and you hear me say that all the time to walk your path but i'm telling you that's so important so if you're listening right now and you haven't decided to pull the trigger to try to be a catastrophic hail adjuster or to try to be an auto damage appraiser i encourage you dive in more learn more visit iapath.com connect to me on linkedin and send me an email chris at iapath.com and let me know you want more information there's so much i can give you that doesn't even involve you paying anything but i want to get you started this year has not even really kicked in for hail adjusting so if you're looking to get started to make wanting to make $500 a day this year as a hail adjuster you can visit hailscorecourse.com sign up for the free trial and get started and you know listen for some exciting announcements I got coming in the next few episodes it's going to be awesome I got so much to tell you guys it's it's super cool but guys visit hailscorecourse.com if you want to become a hail adjuster this year and if you're uncertain still you're not sure of the path to take visit ipath.com and if you decide not to be a hail adjuster you know i talked to a pdr technician he actually texted me said he's listened to every single episode (laughs) what's up Cortland? glad you like it um you know i really appreciate those kind words because it encourages me that you know what i'm doing can matter and does matter to some people and that i'm helping people so you know but he's a pdr technician he makes more money than i'm gonna make but he's listening to it and he's learning from it even though he's not an adjuster so whether this is your path or not i hope that i inspire you and encourage you to do something more uh, than what you're currently doing not necessarily in your job but maybe in your marriage maybe in your life that you will take these principles and you will apply them forget the us versus them mentality it's a career killer it's a marriage killer it's a it's a, a family killer it, it's a social killer so get rid of it us versus them is gone and we won't even get into politics you see how i did that all right guys thank you very much for listening this is your guide Chris Stanley on the IA Path podcast. Until next time, keep walking your path.